Welcome back to Let Christy Take It. This week's episode is brought to you by Bear Addicts. You can find Bear Addicts on bearaddicts.ie. You can find them on their Instagram page and Facebook page. And of course, don't forget to mention Let Christy Take It when you're making your inquiry. When a young woman is killed by a shark while skinny dipping near the New England tourist town of Amity Island, Police Chief Brodie wants to close the beaches. But the mayor of the town overrules him, fearing that the loss of tourist revenue will cripple the town. Marine biologist Matt Hooper and grizzled ship captain Quint offer to help Brodie capture the killer beast, and the trio engage in an epic battle of man versus nature. You will never go into the water again. Ladies and gentlemen, let Christy take it, give you Jaws. Episode 9, Derek. Who would have believed it, right? Another one down. Great response last week. As, as It's getting good. People are starting to email us and I think the word's getting out. Yeah, I have to say a big thank you to everybody. Um, the, the messages and the emails and the phone calls and the WhatsApp messages uh, it, it make our day. I, I do send uh, photographs of the, the messages to Kieran. He voice versa people giving us a voice and saying, God, we love this and we love that. Would you try doing this or would you try, you know, yeah, yeah. a few things? So it's good to hear it. And, you know, we, we thrown in the old quote last week that I had a... The Easter egg. Oh, the Easter egg, yeah. It, 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 people who, younger listeners might be familiar with DVDs now, are they? Do they download movies? Do they Spotify? Are there Spotify? Downloading is illegal here on No, I mean like on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, Netflix or Amazon Prime and other providers. Um, so yeah, Easter egg. We always throw a little clue in. Uh, last week I said I got a, a, an email from. I was thinking on my feet doing this when Derek was looking at me. I got an email from Larry Dimmick, who was of course Lawrence Dimmick, who was of course Mr. White. So uh, it, it took a few days for the people to buy. Well, right up until right up until Friday, towards the evening, I yeah. sent a message out on Facebook. Uh, you know, nobody has got the Easter egg yet. We're getting close to recording the second episode, and that night. Young Stan Last from Nielstown sent a message to you. Yeah, yeah. so he got, but he'd be, he'd be looking for hints. I wouldn't give him anything. That was cruel. He'd be texting me saying, "Is it this? Is it that? Is it?" And he said, "I think it's the suitcase at the end. Is it something got to do with Pulp Fiction? Or not the suitcase of Pulp Fiction? Is something got to do with it?" He was looking for loads of clues. I wouldn't give him that. No, he, he was he was overanalyzing. <laughs> where did he get that from? But uh, yeah, so that's it. Uh, there will be another one in today, and I haven't even told Derek the one I'm taking the throw in. So. Because last week when I when I mentioned and Derek said oh uh, and he, he actually gave Larry's name he said we we find the character and I was waiting in the background and I was stop and Larry's gone was said no so Stan uh, as we said to you there's a t-shirt on the way to you uh, I don't know if that's a punishment or a reward but either way you're going to get a t-shirt yeah so we're looking at another genre of film today but also you know. This it's typical for people in this COVID times, and so when we're joined doing this, it gets our mind off, you know, all these lockdowns and isolations and things like that. It's not, it's we're at three in Dublin. Who knows what's going to happen? We'll keep on doing this as long as people are enjoying it. Yeah, as Kieran said, we're right in the middle again of of, of a lockdown in Dublin. 
coronavirus is, is at their, you know. I like the way your voice drops an octave well, there. I'm, trying to, I'm of, trying to be sympathetic. I'm, no, I'm trying to put a bit of gravitas <laughs> to what I'm saying, you know. Um, but look, just, you know, if anyone feels they're, you know, in a bit of despair over this, you know, always keep talking. That's one of the hashtags for Let Chrissy Take It. Just keep talking. Yeah. Um, it's not great. But, you know, we hopefully, please God, we look back on these times in a couple of years. And, uh, you know, but of course, when me and Kieran are multi-millionaires from this yeah. little endeavour. Yes. And, you know, make sure you watch movies, make sure you escape like, films like uh, Contagion and... 28 Days uh, Later. All these kind of films. Shaun Out, the Dead. Outbreak. Outbreak. I tell you what, if you watch Outbreak... Outbreak. Dustin No, No, uh, was it Out, Outbreak? That's the, which, which is the one? Contagion is the one with... Uh, no, oh, Contagion, Matt Damon. Then Contagion. Sorry. Contagion. Forget yeah. Outbreak. Outbreak, though. That's the happen. monkey, isn't it? That's the monkey. Yeah, no, Contagion. We watched it. The we... monkey is Trump's China in that film. <laughs> <laughs> but we watched Contagion. Actually, myself and the family watched it. And it's like a blueprint for the coronavirus. It's all about, you know, uh, social distancing. I mean, you see all the, the supermarkets. <laughs> There's no jacks roll left anywhere. <laughs> Not a slice of bread. Not, Not a slice of Brennan's bread. Yeah. No littles were destroyed in the making of that film. No, but uh, yeah, it's like a it's like a blueprint. How to the dummy the dummy's guide for coronavirus. I don't think we'll do that movie though. I think it's probably not one people want to listen to, would he? No, no. no. Well, you know, you never watch the news at six o'clock. If you'd like to hear Contagion by the Electricity Take a Team, please send an email to WhatsApp, yeah. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Well, we are, and we're also influenced by a lot of music. We don't, Derek, and I still I still listen to a lot of music. I'm, I'm a vinyl seeker. If anybody has any old vinyl that they're looking to get rid of, I know Derek gave me a big bag of vinyl. He's trying to get back a couple of years ago, and it's not budget. But that's because me, me 10-year-old decided that she wanted to get vinyl. And <laughs> Kieran very kindly, uh, we were in the middle of a Zoom call with some friends. Uh, we'd done this Zoom quiz. This actually was the genesis of the Electricity Take a Podcast. When coronavirus hit, we decided to have this Zoom uh, quiz every Friday. With, we call it the Winchester Club. Anybody know what the Winchester's from? Uh, everyone, yeah. no, really. Uh, well, well, the two angles. If I only mean, get two, two answers, no T-shirts for this. No T-shirts for this one. Yeah. Derek's thrown T-shirts around the confetti this week. I'm <laughs> ringing him. He, he's up. But uh, Kieran decided. I, I said, "I'm listening to any of them, the class, more classic albums that I gave you, the Blondie, Police, whatever." And he goes, oh, "Have your Thriller album here, Derek." And he pulled out the copy of Thriller that I had from when I was, I don't know, thirteen, and my name. Yeah, he's he, 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 But you know, we all signed our albums in case yeah. somebody ever stole them, and. Maybe it was a, a foreboding warning. Derek signed Derek Jens across Michael Jackson's crotch on the, on the white slacks. Freudian slip there with your pen, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, was maybe, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt that it was a, quite a dark sleeve and it wouldn't have seen your blue pen. Well, exactly. He was yeah. quite dark at the time as well. <laughs> It's <laughs> not the tribute act, Michael Jackson. Well, so, yeah, so music is always me. I listen to, I'm listening to, I'm saying to Derek, I'm listening to a lot of talking heads at the minute. I'll hop in and out one thing. I'm reading the biography of talking, uh, of the, the talking heads biography, and it's born. It's not born, no, it's the drummer. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. It's a great book. Um, the drummer and the bass player are married, they're still married, uh, male and female, and they're still married. And uh, he did it's very, very in depth, but put me back on in. In touch with talking heads and i listened to again not a band i would have been a big fan of in the 80s I, david Bourne is just yeah genius and i say i've seen him live once in fade 92 i thought you were there we were just talking about this off mic what a, he stole the show that weekend although that bill was crap so anybody could have stole the show but he's really good but uh, yeah you look at some of the stuff he's got he's got a musical coming up now but he, just some of his performances his lyrics like and he's what he must be in the 60s now is he he's, oh yeah yeah, yeah. But he is oh, I, I i'd watch him 
paint the wall. He's the David Lynch of uh, music. I always mind he has the same look, kind of, kind of eccentric. Mad hair. Mad and hair, yeah. And baggy, that kind of, baggy suit. The big suit, and yeah. But he got the trouble recently, didn't he? Because there's an old, there's an old um, footage of them promoting the album, and he do, he downloaded the costumes and he done blackface, interviewed himself as a black man, and it was one of the costumes, and he got a bit of flack over that. And he's coming out and apologised only a couple of weeks ago. Well, you know, everybody now is coming out and apologising for the stuff that they've done back in the day, and probably yeah, he'll, he'll, so. he'll probably apologise in twenty years for some of these parts. I, I maybe that might be Jackson Mark me <laughs> apology. Well, maybe you will. I think I'm very politically correct. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Right, so we're gonna clow into the movie. Um, Today's movie does it need an introduction? And it's one movie that everybody. Look, I don't have met one person who doesn't like it. So we've got more feedback this week about the build up to this about really? the build up to Jaws than we have from any other um, movie. I, I, we, we should mention as well. I got a, a text from a guy that I am um, that I work with, and he said, "Kieran Council, if you're listening, Kieran," and he said, "Let's just want to let you know, me eleven year old son is." fanatical about these podcasts he's a young movie geek right. loves watching his films and like ourselves kind of dissects him he's 11 years I old i've seen him on the post yeah, yeah. Cool. and uh he uh we heard jaws was coming jaws i've never seen jaws what? kieran went there and got him the the dvd of jaws they they watched it they watched it again oh, are they gonna ask this are they gonna ask that do you think so we sent daniel a let's uh, let christy take a t-shirt we put the, the photograph up on the uh, on our instagram twitter and facebook page a photograph with a t-shirt on the, and the Jaws DVD yeah. in his hand. So, Danny, if you're listening, thanks very much. We really appreciate it. Share it with all your friends. Yeah, and you might have noticed last week, uh, if you're streaming, if you download the podcast, there's uh, an E for explicit. So, if any younger listeners, you can see a little E, will come in the corner. Yeah, I did see it. Yeah, so that's that. If there's any bad language in the podcast, I can add that when I'm editing it. So, it'll come up E, so you'll know that it's going to be bad language. I might be talking about something of a mature nature, especially if you're younger listeners. Oh, so you... you oh, yeah, did that, yeah. Oh, yeah. right, right, right. So it's just a little foreboding. So that was even before I knew about young Daniel listening now. So see now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I just thought that was something like, you know... The, the I, no, no, I, when I'm editing. So the way we do it, we do recording. I usually do the editing. And the ed, Derek looks after all the social media and throwing away T-shirts. He does all that kind of stuff. Throwing away, thanks. I'm oh, sorry, giving away, I'm saying. But, because, um, you know, when we're doing the... For, for the, the YouTube page... When you're putting up the um, the the video, or oh, it's, it's yeah. audio, but I always I, I embed a poster behind yeah. it. YouTube will they have an algorithm that picks up any of the songs? Yeah, yeah, and it tells you, do you want to trim these yeah. songs out? Yeah, oh, yeah. well, you do. See, they give you the option. If you don't, then you're in trouble. Well, I think you're, you're, as far as we knew, we we always keep it in one thirty seconds because I think we're allowed fair kind of for a fair usage, and what we're doing is promotion for the artists. Like we're not trying to make a book off them, so. Anything and what we're hoping to do, and what we had said, I said to Derek during the week, maybe set up a Spotify playlist where we could play all the songs yeah. on that playlist, and if people want to jump in, and that we've mentioned, we could throw up today's movie's not going to really lend itself to that. Who wants to listen to the Jaws team over and over and over? But you know, that sure is music related to Jaws. We could find some, yeah, just two notes, but we get to that. Yeah, build up the tension, build the tension, like Jaws. Did you ever read the book, Jaws? I did read the book. I never read it. Yeah. Good? Very good. Very, very good. I have, still have a copy of it at home somewhere. Right. Yeah. Much different than the film. Much different. Definitely a different ending, but we'll talk about that, yeah. you know, further down the line. But yeah, um, it, it, it was, Peter Benchley was a, you know, a journalist and he was, yeah, had been a journalist and he was like most struggling um, authors and he was just looking for that one thing that well, one, no, yeah. he was at the beach one day and he just thought oh, well, I wonder if he's looking for a MacGuffin and he got that so he came into his head click 
Yeah. And he wrote about his shark. It was no more, um, Brody had had an affair, a lot of extramarital sex, and kind of a, a story about his struggle with his, his family life and his wife. Yeah, and, I mean, like, like most films, if you were to put everything that's in a book into the film, you'd be talking five hours, you know. I think in the, in, in, in the book, Hooper might have had, or the Richard Dreyfuss character might have had an affair with the wife as well. Really? It's really, yeah. Okay. And, uh, so it was a big, big success, big seller, bestseller. Bestseller on the bestseller list in, in in the US for well over a year. And the decision to make the film came very, very quickly. Once it hit the bestseller list, all the um, the, the individual movie studios started you know, vying for it. Uh, Universal, as we know, very yeah. famous, um, got, the, got the rights. And it was- $150,000 at the time. That's what he paid. Wow. Which was a lot of money in 1970. 60 probably bought it, probably. No, the was, film was made in 75. So 70, the, sorry, yeah, I was in 77. Yeah, so the, the book probably came out in 74, 74 so Okay, so a lot of money. Yeah. But they thought it would be a good B-movie. They thought it wouldn't be. What a return. Yeah, well, still, I'd still making money. Cause still seen, making money. We've seen Young Daniel bought a copy of the DVD earlier today. Yeah. yeah. So still making dollars for the Universal. Um, But they said it's not going to be good enough. The story wouldn't be good enough to make it as a kind of a big blockbuster. We'd have a small B-movie. Never thought it would amount to much. Um, so they, they, they got they, they very very quickly got a script ready. You know they got a director Dick Richards on board. They they went into pre production, and there was a very famous meeting with the movie producers Peter Benchley and the director of the film Jaws, Dick Richards at the time. Yeah, and they were asking about you know how he plans, and Dick Richards was saying. You know, we plan to come in at night, and we, you know, we will have the sun, you know, or the the shine of the moon. He's doing well out to this he point. Was doing well, he had them in grip, and then we'd see the the fin of the whale come <laughs> yeah. up, and the you know the movie producer uh, and, Zanuck, yeah, yeah. and eventually looked at each other, and again he mentioned a whale and a whale, and oh. So he wondered, did he even read the script? He probably just read the intro and said, "I'll just talk about." I'd say it was, uh, you know, pay for play, pay for play. You know, oh, we just come in and giving us a few bob. He talked like as you said. It was it was deemed to be a, a B movie. This the budget was very low. It ended up ballooning, you know, gratuitously, but it was very very low the budget. Short shoot was well planned. A couple of months, have it over Christmas. That was the that was the plan. But that, that was the that was one of the big problems. They actually set a release date for the film before the film had even gone into production. They said, okay, we're going to get it in, get it done, get it out, and it's going to be in the cinema by Christmas. Yeah. But then they sacked, they got rid of Dick Richards. The guy can't even figure out that he's making a Jaws film. Shark movie, yeah. Yeah, well, what did I say? Jaws, Jaws film, yeah. yeah. Shark. Um, a shark movie. Well, as you say, Jaws movie. Um, like the, the, the title of the book, when Benjamin was writing it, he, he couldn't come up. And even he, an hour before it was due to start, start pressing the, the books and publishing them, he sat down with his, his uh, editor and the guy said, look, we need a title. And he called it The, the Still of the Water was the first title. And I said, that, that sounds like it could be anything. Then he said, then we're looking at the jaws of death and the jaws of the beast. And they couldn't agree. And Ben just said, look, jaws, just call it jaws. He said, that's it. Just, and that was how that decision was made. Let's just call it jaws. <laughs> what a title. Like, what yeah. a title. Iconic. It's just, yeah. I have to say, it's one of my favourite films. In oh, anybody. Yeah. Anybody who's seen I, it. I, I've seen it probably 30 times. Now, we, we, you didn't see it in the cinema. I didn't see it no. in the cinema. But I was asking you where you've seen it. I'm surprised. We were probably at the same screen. Yeah. So... Just before we started recording, we'll talk a little bit about further down the line, but we seven Kieran did go to a screening in town a couple of years ago, yeah. an interactive screen that we'll talk about a little bit later. But he asked me, oh, you know, I never got to see it in the cinema, but I did see it on a big screen. And I said, really? Yeah, so did I. Where? In school. 
So the pro, the headmaster of our school when we were kids probably didn't even know each other at this Brannock. point. Uh, Paul Brannock uh. used to have uh, weekly screenings. Yeah, so there was nothing in this area growing up. Like, really. No cinemas close by. You had to go. The nearest cinema was in Chicago. You know where the Tesco's is now? Yeah. That's that was the cinema. I remember going to see Superman, the original Superman. So I don't even remember Chris that. That was the town cinema. would have been for me. When, yeah. I was, when I was a child, my godmother would, would have would have brought me into town to see films in town. Yeah, so that was the nearest cinema. You had to get to fifty one, and it stopped right outside. You go in and queue up, watch the movie. Okay, real old, dingy cinema. So what were you when Superman came out? Twelve. Anyway. <laughs> cool. Edit. Right. Edit. So the school had it. Somebody had a brainwave. I don't know who, but said to the school, listen, why don't we show movies for the air? In, in two reels as well, I remember. Yeah. They changed the reel. They changed the reel. I remember, and they had the posters up in the windows of the classrooms. So I remember them asking us to put up the poster for Jaws in the classroom window. You know, so the poster was facing outward so we could see. Yeah. And the teacher said, oh, you should come to this. This would be on. And it, at the time, it was a PG. Because the reason it was a PG, because there was no sexual uh, uh, images in it or any really coursing in it. So that's what kind of they ruled as appropriate. So I can remember seeing uh, Enter the Dragon. In, yeah, I remember yeah, that, that was like, as well. Yeah. be the biggest dog in the world. Yeah. So I went to say, there was a double show in the afternoon. You could buy a ticket, I think it was a pound, an Irish punt, for... Um, to go see Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory in the afternoon and then in the evening, Jaws. But I think you had to go in the evening with an adult, so I think my mother or father came to see Jaws. I can't remember. But uh, that was it. So we were probably at the screen in the hall with the projector yeah. and your bag of sweets. <laughs> so when, let's go, we go back to the film. When Dick Richards was fired, he was fired, uh, so ceremoniously fired. He said, look, if the guy doesn't even know he's making a film about a shark, what, what, what would be his, his, his vested interest in it? And a young director um, had only just had a couple of credits beneath his belt. He'd made uh, Sugarland Express, Big Flop, and then Duel, which is very similar to Jaws in the fact that you never see, Duel is about a, a man being chased by a truck. And we never see the truck driver because it's blacked out windows. Yeah. Big, huge truck, big, huge shark. It's very similar. And Unstoppable. Can you remember the name of the actor in the film? I, I, I can't off the top of my head. Dennis Weaver. Dennis Weaver, yeah, that's right, yeah. Great performance, man, it getting chased. And really, I've I seen it a long time ago and I haven't gone back to it, have you? No, no, no. I haven't watched it in years. No, made for TV. Should have actually watched it as part of this. Yeah, project, probably too much to do. Made for the, TV, though. Yeah. The So Spielberg came in. At the time, he had another film uh, on the go called Lucky Lady, 70s film with Burt Reynolds, Liza Minnelli, and uh, Gene Hackman. Now, he hadn't signed on to it, but his name was in the mix for it. And he had a mentor. His mentor was at Universal at the time, Sid Joinberg. Yeah. But obviously, you know... Uh, Steven Spielberg, the young Jewish director, Sid Swinberg, you know, a Jewish movie um, yeah, magnet. Right, yeah. And he was kind of his mentor. He would advise him and he said to him, listen, we have this and you have this Lucky Lady or Jaws. And Lucky Lady would have been a big vehicle, you know, Burt Reynolds, Gene Hackman. Yeah. And he said, take Jaws. Well, I heard from Spielberg, I don't know how he initially got the script, that he was walking through the office and he spotted this script on the table. And Spielberg says this in a, in a YouTube video I watched recently. He says, uh, he's seen the scripts on the table saying Jaws. And he's saying, geez, well, no, no, that's about, he said, is it about dentistry? Is it, what, what the hell yeah. is it about? So he picked it up and then Spielberg said that he came back and the script was gone. And he said, who took my script? Like, who's at the table the script? And Spielberg came back and then that story, he said, well, I advise you to do this one. Yeah. So Spielberg signed on. Still very a novice director. He only had, he had a couple of TV credits, small, like, you know, episodic stuff. 27. Yeah? Yeah, young. Yeah, young. young. Um, and decided that he was going to take a crack at just 
changing up the script a little bit to make it a bit more um, cinematic. So as the approach date near, they had no script because they yeah. were changing the script constantly. They no director because Spielberg, the other guy had been sacked and the Spielberg hadn't officially signed on. They no cast, they no location, but the, the start date was approaching pretty rapidly. So I think it's a kind of a sign of what was to come with the shoot. Yeah, so Spielberg eventually, he done, he done some edits, he done some rewrites on the screen. He signed on, right? He, he brought in outsiders as well. Well, there's a guy called Carl Gottlieb, which is it, he was in the film. Gottlieb, he's, yeah. he's the reporter. Benji's the reporter. No, no, no. So there's two reporters. Oh. Benji is the reporter on the beach giving the newscast. Yeah. But the guy with the pale blue uh, blazer, yeah. you see him coming out of the Gazette. Oh, that's him. Oh, right. I think yeah. that's Oh, yeah, yeah. So Very Carl good. Gottlieb was a TV writer. He was a comedic writer. He was working on... Uh, the odd couple with um, Jack Klugman and Tony, some Tony, I can't remember any. And he, he sent him the script, and there was a little note: "Do your best or do your worst." You know, he just wanted a bit of comedic elements in it. So he, he, you know, he done his re-edits and he put himself in the film. And actually, if you watch the film, he he very that role of, of Gottlieb is, is or sorry, of, uh, of the reporter for the Amity Express or the Gazette is very pivotal in the book. He's in a lot of that, a lot of them. Um, scenes in the book and in the first few scenes of the film he's in there in almost every scene and he your man Carl, Carl Gottlieb said it killed him to have to write himself out of the script oh, because he could just see as he was going along that character even though was very pivotal to the book was just excess to the film yeah, by so he's in most scenes you know with their son and Quint and then all of a sudden slowly but surely he's gone he's gone alright so we get there, they decide they're going to make this movie. Who did he cast? Originally, we all know the famous actors now, so we have... So, you've got the trifecta, the three main the three main uh, guys, and the characters are Chief Brody, Hooper, the marine biologist, and Quint. 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 Sam Quint. Is it Sam Quint? There Sam. you go, I didn't even know his first name. So, Sam Quint was played by the legendary Robert Shaw, buried in Ireland. Yeah. Retired to Ireland and died very quickly after Jaws was made, maybe two 51. years. 51? No, I think it was seven years. Was it seven years? I think so. Yeah, so he was a raving alcoholic. Yeah. Um, and he does a lot of stories yeah. that we'll talk about later yeah. on about his, his drinking on the set. They wanted, for Quint, they wanted uh, Lee Marvin. Lee Marvin. And. The guy out of uh, oh, Godfather. Yeah. What's his name? God, we're already talking about yeah. this. We'll it's come, gone. We'll, it'll come back to me. Yeah. We'll go back to the shooting pod. Uh, so yeah, and then for Brody, Charlton Heston put himself out there. Yeah. He said he wanted to be in it. Um, but Spielberg was adamant that he said he'd be bigger than the... He, the main, the star of this movie is the shark. He said, like, the fish. He says, the star of the movie is the fish. He said, nobody's going to be bigger because he said, if we give Charlton Heston the gig, everybody's going to know that the shark is going to bite you at the end of the movie because nobody's going to beat Moses. Well, again, it wasn't a... a you know, a diss at Charlton Heston. He what he said was Charlton Heston would be too big for this role, or the image of Charlton Heston would be too big for this role. As you quite rightly said, the the um the the, the star is the shark. Yeah. And that's why he went for uh, Roy Schneider. And the, so, and originally the, the producers they wanted uh, Paul Newman, Robert Redford, and Lee Marvin in the roles of the, the three main actors. That, that's that that were they were put about as well. And Spielberg again. 27 said, look, at, I think they're great actors. Did kind of lean towards Lee Marvin, but Lee Marvin was away on a real fishing trip. 
And he said, look, I'm not going to commit to it. He said, I'm, I'm enjoying, you know. If I fish, I fish yeah. for real was the note he, that he sent back. Yeah. Actually, the other actor for Lee Marvin who was Sterling Hayden. Sterling Hayden, yeah. So Sterling Hayden, very, very famous actor in the 50s, 60s. But for us, more famously known as Captain McCluskey in The Godfather. Michael Corleone shoots him in the throat in The yeah. Godfather. The famous scene. Famous scene. And Dreyfus was always the first choice for Hooper. He was always going to be the Yeah, uh, Spielberg very, very clearly said, I don't want anybody else. I want them. Dreyfus originally didn't want to do it. He was just coming off, uh, the, getting a lot of acclaim from another film. American Graffiti. American Graffiti. And he said... Because Lucas had recommended George Lucas directed him. Yeah, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg great famously uh, great, great friends, still great friends, and, and went to college together, you know. Yeah, that um, young kind of... The new kind of rap pack or rap pack. Uh, Brody's wife, played by Lorraine, Lorraine Gary. Gary who was married to the producer of the movie, which caused tension on set. Sid Schoenberg. Yeah, they said, you know, was there a bit of, a, you know, nepotism here that she got the role over other actors? Spielberg said she was brilliant in the role. She, and she is brilliant in the role. And, and, and I know this might sound ridiculous, but if you look at the um, the chemistry between Lorraine Gary and Roy Schneider, they look like a, a married couple. There's yeah. a great scene where she can see that he's all stressed and she comes up behind him and he's got hands of a whiskey. And she goes, hey, do you want to fool around? As every good wife should do. Yeah, as every good wife should And he goes, yeah, sure, come up. <laughs> it's, it's, the chemistry is brilliant, right? It's to swimming with bow-legged women. So the process of filming begins, and they decide to make the movie out on the ocean rather than on set. They could have had, like, handy and tank, Yeah, Spielberg yeah. wanted the, the feel, the real feel of the ocean. He said, you know, the, you, you can't make... And this is a forebearer of, of, of Spielberg throughout his his directing career. He was always bigger. He was always taking the chances that another director would, could, would take. And that's why, you know, he is who he is today. But and again, the studio probably didn't appreciate this because they're thinking, geez, like this, this fella could just do a handy, get this out, get this done, have a nice little Christmas movie. Well, the budget balloon, I think the budget originally was like 1.2 million or something yeah. like that. I think it, it, it shot up to 7 million. For, for a film from 1975, $7 million, when they were expecting to be filming a, a B movie. Yeah. And then they wanted the shark. So, the shark had to be a mechanical shark. Well, they, they wanted a real shark. Yeah. Uh, originally, the, uh, David Zanuck, the producer, was saying, you know, okay, we're going to get these shark handlers. And so they contacted, you know, these bio marine biologist places or marine um, parks and said, mm. you know, we're, we want to get sharks. We want to train the shark to do this. We want to you can't train the shark. <laughs> this is where the whole mechanical shark came into play because they said, there's not a hope in hell you can train a shark to do anything, you know. So they, they, they actually made three. Made three, um, but they all did different things. So one shark would go straight, one would turn to the left and right. One would go, so, oh, at the time you could add this in now, easy CG. And you see all these later movies that were influenced by Jaws, and even the latest. What's the latest? Well, not sharks, it's crocodiles, but crawl. Meg, and Meg is a shark. The Megalodon. But crawl is in the one I watched recently, and it's not bad. But the crocodiles. Do you know what? That, that was a B movie. Yeah, and that made a lot of money in the states because yeah. it just so happened that the weekend it came out, there was nothing to. There was no competition for it. Yeah. So there were this, the 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 film company. They made it in like Bulgaria, or they made it in you know. Oh, did he? They, they made it somewhere in Eastern Europe. It's really good. But so that 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 was the thing. They had to they had to actually make the shark. So didn't Spielberg say that Lucas actually they, they broke into where they were making and he went in and had a look and they broke one by accident. No, what happened was George Lucas. You know George Lucas. You think of George Lucas in the seventies. This was before Star Wars, so he was just you know, intrigued by everything. And he crawled all over the shark. And at one point, he crawled into the shark's mouth and he was looking up and he was looking down. And they had um, one of the prop guys with Spielberg and they closed the mouth yeah. on George Lucas, trapped him. Yeah, yeah, fucking let me out But they couldn't get him out. So when they had to force it apart, they broke the, sh they broke the shark. 
And he goes, well, what did you do? What do you think we did? We ran. Yeah, that's what we just left. So these are all the kind of headaches that was going to add to the shoe. Which so can, just in speaking of the shark, before we go on any further, do we want to talk about the name of the shark? Bruce. So the shark's name is Bruce. Named after his, says Speedbag's lawyer. And still. Still. It's still his lawyer. lawyer, yeah. I don't know. It had another name as well. What was it called? The Great White Tort. Well, that that's what we'll talk about. That's about the hardship of the film. And yeah. they just couldn't get the sharks to do anything. Which, you know, again. Which, in reflection, worked perfectly. Well, it, it, what happened was they filmed a lot of stuff with the sharks. It just wasn't working. The mechanical sharks. They just couldn't get it to do. Or, sorry, Spielberg cinematically looking through the lens, didn't like what the shark was delivering. So cut the shark out of almost 80% of the film. Yeah. Which, if you look back now... It's an hour it, in before you see anything. Yeah, it's a genius move yeah. because we see the people dying, you know, at the, the opening scene is of a, a girl on the beach having a little drink and a smoke with a group of friends. Chrissy. Chrissy. And she, uh, she looks over at the guy, gives him the wink. The two of them go running. As she's running, she starts stripping off her clothes runs into the, the 70s man the 70s man <laughs> she runs into the sea and she's swimming he's oh jesus I'm, I'm too drunk he just lies down on the beach and falls asleep and we see this um the the, the character chrissy susan blackline susan backline so, yeah, yeah yeah who was a used to do kind of mermaid activities she oh, was right. a, she was a kind of a, i think she done some stunts in some films but a very um strong swimmer done she was like a mermaid in some of these uh, little uh, parks and she, when she was going for the interview or for the audition, she said, you're going to get actors in who can act or you're going to get stunt people who can do this or swim. I can do all three. You can put the camera. She was selling herself. You can put the camera on me. You can do whatever you want. But I, I, I'm secure in the water. And we, we see the character Chrissy going in. And this is the first time you see that the jerk. Huh? Yeah. She's pulled down. She's, well, you know about that jerk, right? Yeah. They had, they had guys. She, she had a brace around her waist. waist. And, no, a brace and ropes on it. And, and they were pulling from both sides, yeah. right? But what happened when he said action, they both pulled together, broke our ribs. Oh, wow. And those screams you hear are actually horror and pain, and that's the shot they used. Well, the, and she drags them the water, and she goes, whoop, and she screamed for help. They're real, because she is in so What they had to do as well afterwards, in post-production, there were some gaps in the, you know, the way, like they always have to go back in and, and record, um, like not voiceover, but record. Read up. Read up, yeah. And they couldn't get the, 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 the proper sound. So they got a tank of water, and they were, Dipping her head in and out. Of this is true. She tell you. It's, I seen it on the research. They're dipping her head out. So you know, it's it's hard. They're shoving her head into tank of water oh, and pouring water over her head while they're doing it. As well. And these shots as well. If you notice, the camera is at water levels for all these kind of shots. So they invented this kind of box to put the camera in, so it would float and that it would so stay. You half so you could see half. Yeah, yeah. Was Which has been used yeah. now. I don't know how many times we've seen that being yeah. used in other films. But she nearly lost her all because of her severe dandruff. Her dandruff. Very bad dandruff, and you could see he actually lost he, the role because uh, of dandruff. He found her head and shoulders on the beach. Oh, for Jesus <laughs> sake. Get out, get out, will you? Close the doors. So that's our first introduction. Does the music come in there? No, no. So we just said no. the shadow on the legs. Shadow, yeah. I don't even think you see a shadow. You don't see anything. You right. don't see just anything. Just getting dragged. Just, yeah. The next day, the our introduction to Chief Brody, he gets a call, and you know he's in Amity and. He gets a call that you know he has to get out to the beach. It's a new gig for him. A new gig, a New York new guy, start, new start. New York uh, cop down taking over a small town. You know, it's a, it's a it's supposed to be an easy an easy gig. He's the outsider, and he's the outsider versus the outsider. The shark is the outsider, and he's the outsider, and ultimately they end up battling each other. He's trying to in in, in warm himself to this new guy. He's come from New York, you know. He would have killed people. He was a new tough New York cop, and 
in the book we know he's trying to get away from the affair and yeah. Know, but it doesn't stay that in the movie. You know, it doesn't stay why he's no, really like, as you said, if you were to put everything, cram everything from a book into a movie, it would be. A- well, what, he's a likable character in Jaws. He wouldn't have been probably as likable if he hadn't seen all the backstory, maybe. I don't know. The, um, so he, he goes down to the beach, he meets the guy. The guy is, you know. Crabs walking all over there. Uh, yeah. Well, he, the young guy, the, the, the guy who was with Chrissy the night before, he said, I woke up and she was gone, man. I don't know what to tell you. Like, I, I rang the police and. You hear the whistle, they run down, there's another cop kind of sitting down, I know he's getting sick. And you don't see, you don't see what they see, but you know she's dead. I mean, we know she's dead, we've seen it the night before. So he makes that decision straight away that he's going to close the beaches. Big decision for a man who just arrived to a kind of a touristy town. And the town that was filmed in, filmed in is Marta's Vineyard, that's yeah. the place probably more famous for the residents there. Clinton has a place there. and Kennedy's. Ken- so they weren't too keen on this movie. The rich people weren't too keen on this movie being shot there because just traffic was everywhere. Okay, it caused bedlam. But the, the tradesmen and the workers, they loved it because they were getting great work, great money. Okay, they need a set. So they were just fed, but the, 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 the real wealthy ones were objecting to everything and they were trying to put stops to scenes and he was trying to do things and they were putting on objections. And I know we get to it later, but Quint's uh, house, on the they, they wanted to build like the front, you know, he has this kind of house yeah. where the boat comes out. They said, this is our idea. And they said, no, we're not doing that. They said, we're not even going to build a house. We're just going to build a facade. You know, like a, a, like a, like a prop over something. A facade. A facade. Yeah, they said, we're going to build this. No, you're not doing it. They only agreed that if we replaced everything exactly as it was to the rubbish even in the bin had to be replaced exactly as it was before they started doing it well you're talking about the area is multi-millionaire role yeah. uh, a lot of the actors who a lot of the extra actors came from the area to use a lot of them yeah yeah so I, I remember seeing a thing a long time ago and it was a it was a jaws anniversary it was 10 15 20 25 and there was a i can't remember who was saying it but he said they went down to the beach one night after this the, the celebrations and there was people just sitting around the camp for her. And there was an old guy playing a guitar. And it was James Taylor. Yeah. And I was just sitting, just walking by, seeing the guitar. We had a few kind of, a few drinks. Everyone was drinking, listening. Sweet baby James, yeah. yeah. But James Taylor. I'm at the island. Yeah. Or Mark Virginia. Mark Virginia. coming on that. So, he, this causes great uh he, he, he goes in and he said, but where did the clothes be signs? He goes to the hardware store. He said, where clothes? And he, he, you see him typing up typing up his his report and boom boom tap 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 shark attack on an old typer shark attack and um, so he gets a call to say that there's kids out in in the sea swimming doing their mild badge for scouts maybe or something he runs down to the beach this is where we meet the mayor for the first time yeah mayor what was his name meadows no vaughn mayor vaughn yeah. mayor vaughn his there's blue, a lovely suit with the anchors on it <laughs> just you took the words out you know <laughs> a pale blue suit with the anchors very uh very and uh, people have said that this represents the, the, the COVID issue today and Trump's America that you can look at Jaws now and say that that's tr- Trump's view of America keep it, keep it running keep, keep it, it running. open keep making money uh, Schneider or Brody is is the voice of reason in America now saying you've got to you know, wear your mask shut down isolate and the backlash that he's getting so, but Bro- Brody is just what, doing what he thinks is the right thing to do the logical thing to do when they get on the, the jetty to go and get the kids, the mayor and the, the chief examiner, the, the, the local doctor, and Carl Gottlieb, the, the journalist, they're all on the on that jetty. And they go, no, 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 no. It was a, what was it? A, a boat accident. Yeah. And he looks at the doctor. Oh, the jet. Said, yeah, jet propellers. I'm only, he said, Brody is saying, I want to close the beach because I was told it was a shark attack 
by him, by the doctor. The doctor goes, no, 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 I was wrong. So it's small town politics. But you can understand, you can understand this, the mayor's reaction. He's saying, this guy's coming in. He doesn't know where a shark is from a river, a crocodile. He's coming well, he's in. thinking of the revenue for the town. Yeah, they get the whole the year's summer. revenue in the summer. But he says to the doctor, will you stand over this? And the doctor said, yeah. And you can see the relief from Brody's face. He doesn't want to be doing this. He's only new in the town. You know, you can see him. Okay, well, look. So they've decided that the beaches are safe. Brody's very, very happy to, uh, you know, that someone else is making this decision that, you know, and, it, and it's a medical examiner. So he, he's taken them by his word. They reopened the beaches. Everyone's down at the beach. They're all, um, you know, sunning themselves. You see a guy in a yellow t-shirt with his dog, Pippin. Yeah? Pippin. 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 Where are you, Pippin? Come on. <laughs> uh, then you see a kid with a yellow Lilo. Yeah. So yellow t-shirt, yellow Lilo. The kid is going out. Kid's name is Alex Kittner. So the, the whole sea is full. So there was there is a theory that the colour yellow, kind of like the way Amber light, like warning. Shyamalan uses uh, oh, yeah. red in 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 um, the sixth sense, the, the foreshadow of death. That yellow is the foreshadow of death in Jaws. Because okay. you've got the the yellow canisters on the boat. It, the, the first guy that gets killed in the estuary, he's 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 rowing a boat. There's a big yellow cable coming out of that. But Alex Kittner goes out. Asks his mom, do you mind if I go out? I want to go back out again. And she goes, oh, you look, you're pruning up, but go on. The mother, um, they, they, they go out anyway. And I think this, would this be the first? Yeah, I think so. The first. Oh, well, it's going through all these legs. It's brilliant. <laughs> it's brilliant. Stress. I remember watching it even on TV as a kid. And it hard to be. I remember our neighbours coming to watch it and the young lad had his the pillow in his mouth and the cushion off the chair in his mouth <gasps> he screams he hadn't seen it yeah. but uh and my cousin has contacted me Natalie and she said oh, I want to listen to this pod and she still she hasn't even learned to swim because of Jaws because it's a bad scent come on Natalie yeah. get over it <laughs> get over um, it but so when, when they go out the Jaws or the Jaws the Jaws the shark attacks it sounds like the Jaws the Jaws <laughs> the, the sh- I was going to say it again the shark attacks Alex Kittner he's out in the in the sea and the actor had you said, get a glimpse of the, 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 the kind of the, the shark well it actually does look like a whale it does 100% <laughs> it does I know poor old Dick Richards got right. sacked for calling it a whale but if you look at the first glimpse we see is of the fins yeah, it looks flapping like a, and it yeah. does look very much like a whale but the actor said they put him out in the sea they put him in a in a in like a container just full of not say blood and guts but yeah. a, and exploded it up well, the, and the same thing with the girl he said he was like he couldn't uh, breathe he hit. but the, what they done is they, they dug a tunnel through the, uh, under the sand and up to where he was so this went under the sand under the sea up to there imagine trying to do it right and they had somebody pumping the stuff in on the beach they're pumping yeah. it in and it's shooting out there as he, he, he was kind of trapped and he, it was going in his mouth it was going everywhere yeah. but that's that's now the force where everyone can see it so now everybody knows. So uh, both of them were locals, both actors who played that role. So Alex and his mother. The mother's name again was Lee Fierro. Lee Fierro. So when they tell you the story with Lee Fierro, about forty years after she made Jaws, she went out for a meal somewhere and she was into this restaurant, the kind of seafood place, and she sees the Alex. What's the second name in the movie? Kittner. The Alex Kidner Burger. Right. So she's in there and she goes, Jesus, and she says to the waiter, "I'll have the Alex Kidner Burger." He says, wait to tell you, I was in Jaws, I played Alex's mother, and the guy said, hang on a minute, he was working in the kitchen as a chef. Yeah. They brought him out, and 
introduced him. His name was Jeffrey Voorhees. Yeah. Was that young kid. That's right. Yeah. Voorhees, good horror name. Isn't yeah. What did he meet on Friday the 13th? Um, so, that, you know, they go to... Um, oh, and also, so you see this happening. I'm sorry, I'm jumping across you here. That's okay. That shot. That dolly shot. Just don't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> the dolly shot where it zooms right to Snyder's face. Yeah. Mm. That has been taken now. Film school called that the Jaws shot. That That is used now as to show budding directors how it's done. Stolen from Hitchcock, the 39 steps, that kind of scene, okay? But the, they set up the dolly and so they, they, they go right at him and he, it looks like he's floating and the background is moving towards you. Brilliant shot. And it's iconic. You're, he's sitting there and the whole thing just... It's like every, the whole world's collapsing on top of him. You know what? So many scenes and so many of the tension build-up in Jaws, I'd say, has been stolen so many times, those oh, shots. Yeah. Even the, the use of music like, and, and, and the use of not seeing the not seeing the beat, the true pure fluke, but not seeing yeah. the monster. Like, like the, uh, who, Clive Baker said it to, to you know, said it to, uh, Barker, sorry, Clive Barker. Clive Baker's the fellow who does my cakes. Clive Barker said, uh, that you know the worst thing about a horror movie is when you only see the, the monster for ten minutes at the end. I, I kind of disagree. I think with Jaws, like waiting and waiting and waiting. You know, many of the best films you don't actually see what happens. Reservoir Dogs last week we discussed. You don't see what happens. You don't see him cutting out the ear. So yeah. that's the imagination. So that's good. But that scene is really good. Then you know the the, the, the Lilo washes up, and he's bloodied Lilo. And everyone's off the beat. Poor Pippin. Poor Pippin has never found. Yeah, but then um, you see the Kittner's mother going in. Alex, Alex, she's like, you know, where where is my son? So that's that's where the whole the town the mayor has to say, oh God, you know, they're in the, in the uh, what you call it? Do you have like a, a team or like a, a town meeting, a town hall meeting? Yeah, yeah. How they're gonna offer the award? She puts up money. Three thousand. She puts up three thousand. At the time, would be a lot. Yeah, and your man, the um, what's it? The mayor. No, no the the reporter Gottlieb. Play oh, Gottlieb. Play yeah. He said, look. Brody said, I'm, I'm going to get scared about this. 3,000, where are you going to put the ad? Because we're going to have every hit, you know, every hoo-ha coming in trying to catch this shark because I'll put it in the back in the personals. But they, uh, the town are there. They don't care about this kid has died. They're, they're taking it lighthearted. Is, is the money is a cashier check. You yeah, know? yeah. And they're saying, there, are you going to close? We're going to, we are going to close the beaches. And the mayor jumps in, oh, for 24 hours, only for 24 hours. I mean, that's, this now we're on talking two dead bodies, two dead bodies from sharks. Yeah. And then you, that's where you hear the the nails on the blackboard that's horrible even now the two of us are kind of yeah. like goosebumps but the nails on the blackboard and and, and like the, the red sea pattern we see yeah. quint sitting back and this is where we're introduced to robert shaw the great robert shaw uh, and he gives that the, the cool speech i'll catch you shag you know i won't do it for no three thousand dollars but he got that he got that speech some of the words he say what's he say you're not you're not talking about little uh no he says the little fish a little tommy tommy cods no. Minnows, Tommy Cod, whatever, some Tommy Cods. There's a guy called Craig Kingsbury who they used as an advisor. If you ever YouTube, right, he is the Shaw character, even the way he talks, okay? He's the Shaw character. And but he couldn't act. But this is this is this is Quint down to a T. Okay. So he actually Shaw would be spending a lot of time around him. He actually gave them lines. He said, This is what I'd say. I know, this ain't no, you know, you ain't fishing. So he gave him the lines, he fed him all the lines. He actually has a role in the movie, he gets killed in the movie. Yeah, he's, he's the guy on the boat, you know, and he goes fishing, and then they find, remember the head pops out? Yeah, Gardner's head. Yeah, that's him, that's his head. And he he's since said, like, he's dead now, but he has said, like, what kind of shark would spit out a head? Like, he said, did that shark get chewed up? He said, he spits and he spits it back into the boat. But of course, it's done for him. Yeah. yeah, but so he that, he's on the boat, and that's a little role together. A little bit of fun fact or trivia. 
the head, Gardner's head that, that we see, we're, we're jumping well ahead here, but, um, is in an episode of The Walking Dead. Is it? Where the the governor has a has a room and he's all these heads in, in liquid and Gardner's head is in there. Is it the, real, yeah. the actual head that you well, the, 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 the fake copy. head, but the copy of the head from Brilliant. the film. But that scene was added in. That's, that, that head scene popping out was never there. When they went to a screening, and do you remember where, I know we're popping head again, but Schneider's shoveling the shit here, yeah. and Jaws jumps out. That scared the bejesus out of all that. Everybody screamed, and Spearer said, we need another jump fright. Went back and filmed that head popping yeah. out. And we were at that screening with Kevin Walsh, do you remember? And he hopped off the chair at that scene, and you said to him, I always remember you said to him, do you never see Jaws? <laughs> we are going to talk about that a little bit later on down the line. Uh, myself and Kieran got to see uh, an interactive showing of Jaws in the Mansion House a couple of years ago. But anyway, we'll get to that. So yeah, so Quint, we, we'll catch. You know, we honestly Quint is saying he's going to catch the the shark for them. And then is it then that they we hear word that like they've caught they've caught the shark? Yeah. So they said they've caught the shark. It is. It's that's it. Almost a great segue into. That's it. the same when they got off the boats looking. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is where we're introduced to Hooper, Richard Dreyfus, the great Richard Dreyfus, an amazing actor. And he introduces himself and they said, no, 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 we, we, we've, we've caught the, the shark. They found it. So the shark that they actually found was a shark that was um, caught up in Florida. Real shark, yeah. A real shark. It was a real shark. Yeah, yeah. But by the time it got to Amity Island, it was, it was beginning to rot. And so if you look at the faces on the actors... Well, it's hanging upside down. So all the internal organs are starting to seep out of the mouth. Yeah. So they said they couldn't even film it without getting sick. So And it doesn't... But Hooper says... Cut its belly open and let's see if the boy falls out. And brother said, "You can't do that." The mother, you know. Well, no, the mayor says, "Yeah, I don't give a shit what you say. You're not cutting open that shark here. I don't want to see if that's the shark." Because <clears throat> he's saying, "Look, I don't think it is." But to be a hundred percent sure, he said, "You're not cutting that shark open. I don't want to see bits of that kid falling out all over yeah. the, the, you know, the, the jetty." Yeah. And but when he's talking, when but remember, did did he go back and he cuts up the shark and smell it? He's getting a cut up all the stuff. Remember, he cut up all the milk falls out. A license plate falls out, doesn't it? He throws a license plate out. So, Deep Blue Sea, I don't know what you're going to say. It was the only movie they used in Deep Blue Sea. So they used it in a lot of films, but what's specific about the license plate? What oh, it's, I, I remember, I can't, isn't it? It has a tie in with Spielberg, hasn't it? So, Spielberg always wanted to direct a Bond movie, a big Bond fan. And over the years, even through the, his, his, um, at the height of his career, still put a pitch in to do a Bond movie, and he's been rejected twice, probably because of, of who he is, and they want you know. But the license plate is a nod to Bond. It's 007. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I knew. I knew. I couldn't buried back in the in come the storage on, yeah, file somewhere. Come on, I could have yeah, made it's, it's close a, encounters of the 007 for, 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 It's a Bond um, Easter egg. But that they're sitting there, they're having dinner, and he said, Look, "Fuck, let's go down and uh, cut this thing open." And he goes, the shark, a shark has a very, very slow digestive system. Anything that he's eaten in the last 24 hours will still be in the belly of that shark. Yeah. And they cut it open and they, you know, they yeah. find whatever they find, but they don't find pieces of the, of, the, of the kid. But there's no way that anyone is believing them. He said, it's not the shark. Then the next day on the beach, everyone, is, you know, nobody's getting in the water. I love that scene. You're the old guy. Yeah, get in. The old guy. Still there. But, but anyway, they, they get in and then you see the fin. The shark fin. Oh, the kids. Two kids. That was they, they, they come up with the, the fake shark fin. There's guns pointing at them. But then we hear the girl screaming, the estuary, in the estuary. And a real quiet. Yeah. <laughs> but that's where Brody's kid is in a boat. Yeah. They're in the boat. Anyway, the heel of the hunt is, there's a small boat, guy with a yellow cable. And a I, yellow hate, I hate that scene. 
Why? I just, I just, so false. It's look, he's sitting in a boat. Hey, you guys, you got the knot, mate, and they're screaming. And the shark, it's like a pantomime. He's behind you. He looks over his left shoulder and moves to the right. He looks over his right shoulder. I, I just, it's so false. Well, he, and he's talking. He's not even know. He can't even feel the movement. The shark is that big, right? His boat will be rocking. This is like a mini tsunami going to hit him. He's sitting there. Oh, guys, yeah, you put the knot. In. No, bullshit. Not for you. Not for me. Well, I'm gonna take it. I love it. <laughs> I, not that I love the scene. I like the, the, the leg falls. Everything, thing, yeah. yeah, everything about the, the, the bloody film, if I'm being yeah. honest. But it's that because everybody sees it, they have no, they, there's no way they can deny it now, right? That they have to, the beaches have to close. The yeah. sun is in the wards and you get a little, just a little scrape off the shark's fin, isn't it? He's, he's just, he stays still and just swims by him. So they get knocked over, don't they? And yeah. he's, he's sitting there and he's just. I know that the sun comes out and he's in shock. Yeah. The mother thinks he's dead. Well, you know, he died, that actor died in his 30s, massive heart attack. No. Yeah. He lived on the island. He was a local as well. He was coaching the local football team. Never went back into acting and took a massive heart attack in his 30s and just dropped out. Yeah. And the other son, the younger son, ended up locked up in jail for rather unpleasant crimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's when Brody grabs the mayor. The mayor is devastated. Like You can see him. He's he's shaking um, in the hospital. And he said, sign this piece hey, of paper now. And he goes, look, my kids were on, you know, my kids... But even then he's saying, oh, I don't think I can sign it yet. He goes, you're going to fucking sign that piece of paper. We're going to get Quint to um to, to get that bloody shark. You fucking sign it. He goes, he goes, Brody, my kids are on the beach. My kids. A miracle of evolution. All this machine does is swim and eat and make little sharks. And that's all. So then there's that famous scene where Brody's on, on the beach and the mother walks up with the black and the widows. So she's got her father. Of Alex, she walks up and she gives Brody a slap across the face. A powerful slap. Yeah, which had to be filmed several times. And she hit him hard every time. 17. Yeah. 17 takes. He, she hit him with an open-handed smack across the face 17 times. And she knocked his glasses off at one side. She actually apologised and he said, no, no, it's great, it's working. And he gave her a big hug at the end of it and said, don't worry about it, you're brilliant. And Spivak came down and they all had a big group hug. But um, no, a dramatic, a very powerful scene as well. Because you forget, like, it's a young kid at the end. Well, when everything is that happening, you could have almost half hours forget. You know, the young boy that's been killed, you know what I mean? Yeah. And she goes, you knew, you knew someone was dead. You knew there was a shark in the water. Yeah. And uh, the mayor comes up with, like, it's not your fault, Brody. And he says, it is my fault. Yeah, exactly. Ultimately, I'm responsible. Um, so then we get out, they decide to go out into the ocean. The crew come together. We also imagine that Brody has a terrible fear of water. He can't swim. Yeah, he's a morbid fear of water. Like a, yeah. a phobia. He's yeah. a phobia. He's coming from New York City. Yeah. Has been, it doesn't swim. Um, doesn't want to be going onto the boat, but you know he, he knows he has to. Why, why did they decide to go with Charlie? What was the deal there? Why did they decide to go with Quint? Just because he it wouldn't have made a better good movie if he was out on his own. No, career. but I mean, I think it, it, the book stretches it out a bit more. But the backstory is that Quint is a shark hunter. When yeah. we go into his his um, his little hut, he's boiling shark jaws. The shark, you know, uh, frames all over the wall. He, he wants to go by himself. He doesn't want Brody. He most certainly doesn't want Hooper. Hooper with him. And um, we, do we talk about the fact that Hooper went down under and, and found the head and the tooth? And dropped yeah, the we tooth? Said that's the, yeah. yeah, that's the, the, the guy, remember saying the act, the, the guy who played, when we said the head was the walking dead. Yeah, the, Gar- 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 yeah, sorry. Um, so they go, they, they got all the gear, you know, Quint is laughing at Hooper when he arrives with his cage and all this kind of stuff. But they go out onto the onto the um, onto the open sea, and again, we, we I know we spoke about it, but 
very few films were filmed on the ocean because it's too, it's hard, forced. To, yeah, it's it's too forced. hard to manage. Now, they weren't that far away from the coast. Like, yeah. you, you can't, but Spielberg never wanted that in shot because it would have took away. Like These are guys supposed to be right out in the depths. It's too close to jump back in and you know swim to, to, to shore. So they can go back to shore easily. So in the filming, that's what they were, they were close enough. Yeah, they but, had two orca boats. Yeah. One standard one and then one that was kind of half sunk, re- ready for the, yeah. you know, for the, the... So we get to know the Quint character then. He's starting to come with himself. You know, he's very rough and ready. Robert Shaw was a rough and ready guy. But you know, there was a, a scene filmed where he's in the cinema and they're watching uh, Moby Dick and he's breaking himself, he's screaming. It's like, right, you Cape Fear. He's screaming, laughing. And he's like, oh, this is ridiculous. And the, the Senate, all the crowd start leaving because they feel uncomfortable. And he's there on his own watching Moby Dick, just laughing at it and saying how bad it is. That's our first introduction to Quint. When Gregory Peck said, I'm not allowing it to be filmed because he owns the rights to that film. And he said his performance in it was so bad, he never wants anybody to see it. So he didn't want it in it. Really? Yeah. Here you go. Yeah. But, um, so Quint, we go to the ocean and they're packing up, they're going in, they're getting ready to go. Brody walks out, you see him with a big rifle and Quint's a... Uh, uh, Hooper says to him, look, we don't want to kill the owner. He wants to study the shark. And he said, we don't need to bring that. And Brody says to him, you can take, in a deleted scene, Brody says to him, you can take this gun out of my cold dead hand. I'm bringing this with me onto the, onto the ocean. And then, so they're packing off and off they're going. It wasn't used though, they didn't feel it was good. Because we see the rifle being used, of course, at yeah. the end of the movie. But famously, um, Robert Shaw and Richard Dreyfus. Well, Robert Shaw didn't get on with anyone on, on the set, right? They, the guys had a lot of respect for him because he was very well respected um, actor, uh, well, a Shakespearean actor, yeah. just come off the sting. You know, he, he was very, very popular, but very hard to work with. Raven alcoholic, um, had money problems, had uh, tax problems with the US. So he would film on the weekends. He got to fly to Canada. He couldn't go back to England because he owed the English tax people a load of money. That's why he ended up in Ireland. He died here. He died. He died, yeah, he's well, he died when I had was part at a party. His wife, something like yeah. That. Um, but uh, bullied Richard Dreyfus, and it's very famous. Very, very famous. Bullied him. Where Dreyfus was walking off the set and all, and each, but privately, very nice yeah. to Richard Dreyfus. So Richard Dreyfus uh, just couldn't, he couldn't quantify, he couldn't quantify that character. Was he just being a what we know now as method? There was no such thing as method acting back then. But was he just being method, or was he just a no no box? Yeah, um, I'd say it adds to the dynamic between the two of them. You know, Hooper, and also I must add, the first time you see Hooper in the movie, he turns up double denim. Okay, little bean he had in a beard. He's the original hipster man. Yeah, <laughs> he, like people go around Dublin like that now. But um, he, he Richard Dreyfus hated the shoot. Yeah. Well, he said at that, we were at this interactive. We're going to get to it now the interactive screen, and so we got passes. Uh, these kind of private passes to go and see a screening of Jaws, uh, run by a famous whiskey company in Ireland, and I'm not giving them a free plug. They're wealthy enough, and we uh, were there. I have a little story about this. I must. Can I share? Well, let's give the build up first. We so the, it was in the mansion house in town, and they done it like uh, Amity Island. Yeah, you walked up science. Walked up Amity. science. We shared actors. The photographs. Yeah, yeah, we shared the photographs on our Facebook page. But all the actors were um, dressed like characters from the film. But when we arrived, there was probably two hundred people ahead of us. To and, get a, in. and a free bar. It was a free bar. Yeah, uh, but to, to, to get into where we were sitting, there was about two to three hundred people ahead of packed. us. Packed. So I said, "Hold on, Kira, just." Stay behind me, and I just as if I was working there. Sorry, excuse me, excuse me, please, everyone out of the way. Excuse me, excuse me. And we got right to the front of the gate to get in, 
and you could hear people going, what's going on here? And then so to get, we were inside and it was like the first half was going like a beach, it was all sand yeah, on the floor yeah. and they did all these little beach huts selling drinks and then all the seats were behind this gate yeah. leading up to the screen and the orchid, they had rebuilt the orchid. Rebuilt the full uh, orchid boat in, in the screen. So yeah. they, they opened the gate and let us in. So myself, Kieran, and another friend of ours. Uh, well, hang on, they opened the gate. Derek was standing at this gate. Nobody was getting past. Derek said, I want front row seats. Well, so when we walked in, myself and Kieran and Kevin Walsh, uh, Kieran's brother-in-law, we walked straight to the very front row and we took the first three seats in the front row. And I don't know if you remember, the bouncer came yeah. over and I said, sorry, we're, fi- we're filling the seats from the back up. And I said, no, 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 we're sitting here. No, 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 you're not listening to me. I said, no, you're not listening to me. <laughs> I didn't queue for two and a half hours I outside. That. He didn't argue. No, I didn't queue for two and a half hours not to be told to get down there. And Kevin says, we didn't queue for two. That's what I said. We didn't queue for two and a half hours. <laughs> so he said, you three can sit there, but the rest are going to Yeah, so he made everybody go back down. Yeah. Well, it uh, worked out great because we, we and what happened was the movie would be on and then an actor dressed would come out and react. So the Quint scene where he's pulling his fingers, the guy came out dressed as Quint and he's sinking the lines, pulled his hand down the blackboard. We also had this the, the, the lifeguard coming out saying, how did you get out of the water? And then a lot of extras came running out in swimming suits. Alex Kittner's mother. Yeah, came, came out. out. Alex, Alex. Uh, yeah, that no, was really when, well done. Brilliant. At the end of the film, when he shot the, the, the jaws and, and there was a big explosion, there was water squirted out of us. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. But after the um, after the showing of, of the film, the great Richard Dreyfus came out and he, I can't remember the name of the guy, the, the Irish DJ. It's the DJ. Uh, 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 Rick, no, what's his name? Irish, I'll come to me. He yeah. does all the, he does all the uh, books on Lyric FM. He's moved to now. What's so his the, name? He he interviewed Richard Dreyfus for maybe an hour, yeah, forty five yeah. minutes to an hour. And pr- prior to this, you could have sent in um, sent in questions so that he would answer some audience questions. So we thought he would answer a couple of audience questions. Oh, he sent in a question. I don't care. I yeah. sent in a question. But it turned out they only answered one audience question from that night. And he goes, okay, we have a, a question from the audience. We have a question from Derek. Derek, yeah. Derek, where are you sitting? Here I am, front row. And the question was, uh, of all the films that Richard Dreyfus has made, he's only ever made one sequel. Why? And the sequel was to the film Stakeout. Stakeout, made Stakeout, Stakeout yeah. yeah, another Stakeout. And he very plainly said, the reason he has never made sequels to any of his films is they never paid him enough. Yeah. So he, he, they asked him to come back for Jaws 2. And they wanted to pay him less than they paid him for Jaws 1. So it was an amazing night. We got little lanyards. And we have with I still the, have a little, a little chip. Uh, I don't know we got these little, little chips. Got yeah. them they were for a, a free drink by Kepa. I'm such a geek. I get what I forsake a, a, a drink. And I put it in my pockets and I'm keeping that. But it was it was an amazing experience. And we actually done a couple of these uh, interactive screenings. We done uh, Die Hard, Jaws. No, did we do Jaws? Rocky. Rocky. Definitely a lethal weapon. Yeah. yeah, well, they've stopped doing them. They're it's brilliant. Four years, seven done them in four years. Brilliant. And uh, yeah, we were lucky to be here. So it's great experience. It's great to sit so close to him. I always remembered he was offered a drink. Remember that? The, the, the DJ Rick, what's his name? I, no, I Rick O'Shea. Rick, Rick, Rick O'Shea, 100%. That's it. He offered him a drink and he had a bottle in front of him. And uh, I always remember he said, No, no, I haven't touched the drink and I'm recovering. He's a problem with addicts, you know. We, there you go. Yeah. So, Back to the movie. Back to the so movie. We, 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 we could have segued into our little story, but it's a great story, especially since the two of us now were doing this and we're covering Jaws and we went to this interactive showing and we loved that we've talked about that night for year, for years. But um we the, the guys are on the boat. They set sail, they're off. They set sail and they're going yeah, they go out and uh they they do they did they shoot the, the shark or shark at one point? Dig barrels. They're shooting. Is yeah. a body shooting at them going? No, do you know what it is? He, uh, Quint says nothing. They're all talking away. 
But I would have shown and shown and shown. No, no, before that even. Hit it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. He realises that the uh, the hook is in the shark's mouth. He says nothing on. He puts his metal, yeah, his yeah. leather brace on. Yeah. He clips himself in. He takes the big, huge um, fishing rod, puts it in, in the support. Get behind me. Get behind yeah. me. But they don't, they don't, they, they don't catch the shark, obviously, right? But they, they, they know they've got him hooked. And he goes, the shark's, he's either dumb as hell or he's a smart one. But he goes under the boat. The, the, the line breaks anyway. And he goes, oh, Hooper's trying to tell him, that wasn't a shark. There's no way that's a shark. It could be a stingray or it could be something. And he picks up the line, a heavy metal line. Piano work. Yeah, piano work. Yeah. He goes, you think he, uh, he bit through this? What the hell? You know, don't ever question me again. Don't ever question me on my boat. That's when we see then the guys are all prepping, they're getting everything ready. And Quint says to Brody, do a bit of do a bit of chumming, throw a bit of chum out. Brody's We can hear the creak in the background. That's the piano word. That's the piano yeah, word. Brody is doing a bit of chum. He turns around and it's the first time we see Bruce the shark. And it's a it's a it's a great reveal. It's a big jump scare, yeah. It's a big jump scare. Nobody else sees it, only Brody. And he walks slowly back into the body of the boat and then he utters one of the most famous lines in cinematic history you're going to need a bigger boat we're going to need which a is totally ad-lib yeah, yeah. In, in, in rehearsal ad-lib that scene they added it in because it's it's too they wouldn't have walked but you know it wasn't in the script it wasn't in the script yet so they added it anyway. but uh, initially he jumps up and he runs in and says it and people couldn't hear the line because there's people screaming in the cinema so Spielberg went back and he stretched it out that he just jumps up straight and he walks back and then he says slowly because he had to give people the audience time to digest what happened added a bit longer to it and they don't the shark comes out of water they were saying do you know how you got the noise that Whoosh. got two litre of coke shook it up opened the bottle had a head to pat that's brilliant that's the noise that you hear that's the noise you hear man. so now the shark obviously you're getting a little bit cocky <laughs> as sharks do he's getting, he's getting hungry and this is when we start this This is the start of the, uh, the, the full interaction game. now we're almost at the last 15 minutes of the film yeah you know, this is the last, the the, the, the the lion's share of the action happened within the last 15 minutes. Yeah. Quint gets up, as you said, get, gets the barrels, the yellow barrels. This is it. This is the, the interaction with the shark. He gets one, boom, he gets one shark in, or one barrel, yellow barrel in. So now he can see. Now they can see the, the, the barrel is floating. They More can importantly, see. now we can see it because we couldn't see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was, this was a, a, another great idea by Spielberg, that the visual... This is how big the shark is, and this is how fast he can go. Because they couldn't get the shark to work, so this is why they had to come up with this idea. So the, the shark goes down, eventually they get the second barrel in, and then a third barrel. And he goes, there's no way he can go down with three barrels. And what does he do? Down with three barrels. Should he pop up around you? So Hooper says, look, I've got this poison here. They, can, they, they know that they're, it's, it's, they're, they're, they're almost arguing amongst themselves. Um, they, they have, it's night time. Right, so the three barrels, the three barrels are in the um, in the shark. They're having a few drinks. They're talking about scars. They're showing the leg scar on the leg, and uh, Quint tells the story of the Indianapolis. Eleven hundred men went into the water. Vessel went down in twelve minutes. Didn't see the first shark for about half an hour. Tiger, 13-footer, you know? You know that when you're in the water, Chief? You tell by looking from the dorsal to the tail. What we didn't know was our bomb mission had been so secret 
No distress signal had been sent. So to get eventually to this shot talking about the Indianapolis and the tattoo reveals that he was part of that crew. And, like a true story. Yeah, and Brody uh, and and uh, Dreyfus was Dreyfus again. Hooper, Pepper. they come in and Hooper really sits up because like, he's obviously this is his thing, and he uh, Shaw gives him the whole spiel about being in the war and them certain and picking the boys off. We're not going to go deep into the speech. Yeah, it's a it's the story. Oh, it's phenomenal. But Shaw, the first time he said, uh, "Listen, would you mind?" He said to Spielberg, "Would you mind if I had a drink before doing this because the character's drunk and I just want to add a bit of you know brevity to it?" He said, "Absolutely." And he came in, he was steaming. Well, he'd been in makeup, right? Uh, he'd been in makeup at five in the morning for the scene. He had four whiskeys before he got to makeup. Had another few whiskeys while he was in makeup. Then he had another few before the, before the scene. So actually, just, they used small snippets of it of him drunk. Yeah, there was a mix. There yeah, was two takes. Glassy eyes. Yeah, there was two takes. There was the original take where he was hammered. And then the second take where he re- he because didn't he contact Spielberg and said how, how bad was I? How badly did I embarrass yeah, myself? Yeah. He had to be carried off. So he, yeah. how badly did I embarrass myself yesterday? And Spielberg said, not fatal. Yeah. So he came in the next day and done it all, beat yeah. for beat. And but they still use some of it because it was, it's, it's quite raw, the one he's using. And he wrote that on a script, he had that on paper. He he got the script and he kind of edited it as well and spoke off the cuff, which adds great gravitas. I just think it's one of the best scenes, probably one of the best dramatic dialogue scenes you'd ever see. But this is when the shark, the shark then starts banging on the boat. Yeah. But um, And the things that popped up out of water, the yellow, boom, boom, boom. So we yeah. know that he's free. Yeah, you know, even, and there's a shooting star also that night. You know, where Brody's on the bow. I see it. Cross, that's actually a Brody real shooting star. Loading his gun. Yeah, and it was t- obviously, t- of course, unplanned. But as Brody is loading his gun right behind his head, yeah, you see the shooting star. And that people said, "Oh, I wonder is that uh, a little cookie for close encounters?" And but now it was Spielberg it said, was, "No, it was just by chance." Just by chance. Actually, a lot of the stuff um, on that film was done by chance. The, all the hardship that they had, even Spielberg came out himself publicly and said that a lot of it was just his inexperience and him wanting to be bigger than he actually was or to do bigger things than he, he actually could do and I don't know if you mentioned it but when we were talking about the, the, the movie night with Dreyfus and he's, he'd spoken about this story before but he says that Dreyfus was drinking bourbon on set and they were running around the edge and he was at Dreyfus and at Dreyfus and he said to Dreyfus what are you going to Dreyfus took the, the glass thrown it into the sea and every one of the every one of the crew went and there was a pause. And he, I don't want to kill him. And he chased around the boat. Was it not though after the uh, Indianapolis scene that they kind of, because they were both had a few drinks on them doing the scene and they both kind of. Rick Draper says after that scene, everything was kill. Whatever happened, he said, so that's what makes Draper think that he was being such hard, such a hard person on him because he was just being the real method actor. And after that scene, because in there, Quint and Hooper's relationship warms. So in real life, I'd say that's what Shaw just. So, Famously, Richard Dreyfuss, when he was here for the interactive show and done a, um, an interview with, I think it was Tubert. The Late Late Show. The Late Late Show. And Which is a famous day, show in Ireland if anybody's listening from outside. For anyone outside of Ireland, The Late Late Show was a, a long-term chat show. And uh, Tubert had mentioned on the radio show that he was going to have Richard Dreyfuss on that night on The Late Late. And a young girl from, from uh, rang up the show and said, listen, my granddad was in that film uh, and I'd love to meet Richard Dreyfuss. So they got the girl up and she was Robert Shaw's granddaughter and he she met Richard Dreyfus in the green room or in the private um, dressing room before the screening and Dreyfus broke down he yeah. broke down crying and he, he, he said I, I love him you know we had such a hard relationship but looking back probably one of the greatest actors I've ever worked with and, and as Richard Dreyfus then later on is telling the audience this story the girl is in the audience he breaks down again yeah 
really most of it, 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 the um, the clip is on YouTube for anyone to watch. Richard Dreyfuss. Yeah. And also, um, Shaw's son, which used to play, which went out in Scotland, chronicled the whole difficulty making Jaws. Really? He plays his father. And he is the double of, as you want to see the picture, he is the double. And I think it was about to come to Ireland and this COVID thing hit. We would have been there. I know we would have. Another, yeah, of course. Yeah. But it looks amazing. So you have him playing his father, Quint. You have an actor playing uh, Shaw, or Dreyfus playing Hooper. You have an actor playing Schneider playing Brody. And these three actors. And they're just, it's just about the hardships on film. They're not reacting scenes, just about how they're getting on. And it's brilliant. It'd be great, yeah. Actually, Robert Shaw's grandson, uh, Disney Plus, just released the film, uh, Artemis Fell. All right. That's, that's him, Charles yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's a bad film, man. Yeah. yeah, it's brutal. Yeah. God, it's every has every Irish cliche, you know, to man. It's, it's atrocious. Except, has it got leprechauns? Oh, yeah, I think so, yeah. Okay. Jeez. But, um, so as we're saying, then this is where the Hooper says, look, I, I've got poison here. If you put me down in the cage, and it was actually Brody, not even Quinn Brody, says, forgot to your fucking cage. And he goes, if you got any better ideas, look, we're here, we're, we're, we're stuck here now. So you see Quint helping putting the, the cage together and uh, Hooper goes down. The shark attacks Hooper and uh, Hooper gets out. Yeah. Right? And this is Hooper gone. The book. The book he, this is where it segues from the book. Yeah, the book and, he's and brown reason, Well, in the book, Hooper gets killed. He gets eaten by the shark. The reason and the only reason that they did it. Yeah, it's, it's a brilliant one. But again, it just shows you when it comes to what they were able to do or not able to do. There are people, I think in Australia... With cages filming. No, what they had, they had, they filmed, they wanted footage of sharks. Yeah. But the sharks weren't big enough, okay? So they said the sharks were too small. So what they did is they got a, a, an actor with dwarfism, a stuntman with dwarfism, stuntman. to play a smaller, and he built a smaller cage to make the sharks look bigger. So they dropped them in. Yeah. And the, the, the sharks went for it. For, for, for so that's the footage you're seeing. Big shark. Yeah. Little shark. Shark. Big shark. But they had, they had um, people filming. Uh, sharks, in, I think it's Australia, and they got this great. No, in that, that's, that, that was the clip they used yeah. of the sharks attacking that but, little cage. But the, the brilliant footage they got, because the the, 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 the the stuntman said, I'm not going back. Won't go back in. No, he hit. Yeah. yeah. But the, the amazing footage they got was with no one in with, the cage. In an empty cage. So yeah. they said, hey, Oh, we want to see this. Look at this footage. Look where they're getting. The gate opens at the end yeah. of the cage during the attacks. And he goes, Oh, well, where, where's, the, where's the actor? Oh, no, he wasn't in it. So the only reason they allowed. Dreyfus's character to live was because the amazing footage they said we have to use this what can we do well we can, don't have, we don't have to kill him well he gets killed in the book yes, mm-hmm. yeah. Dan ben- Benchley went mad he hated it he said well Benchley notoriously was on the set every day yeah, with imagine that he would have kicked him off set Actually, he wanted we were talking about actors that could have gotten the roles but not that the director wanted him but Peter Benchley wanted John Voight yeah. for Hooper Yeah, you know and whereas Spielberg has always said that Dreyfus was his one and only choice. So we see um, the the boat now is, the the, the shark is smashing into the boat, the boat's gone down. And really, really quickly, the the, the shark is almost on the bow of the boat. Yeah. And the boat tilts. It's starting to sink, yeah. Sink. And Quint is holding on, Brody's holding on to Quint. Just, you know, he slips and he goes down. Well, that same radio film, and sorry to cut across you again, the they had a speedboat ready to pull at the boat to make it rock and it's like what they were doing with yeah. Chrissy and a speedboat to make the boat rock it was shot okay on ropes in the water the speedboat took off it took a panel off the boat the boat was really sinking yeah 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 so the, 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 if, if you hadn't have cut across <laughs> um, the boat was actually sink started the real orca that they had started to sink yeah the actors were on the boat so the guy who was running the sound department they had the film camera 
underneath the boat looking out. And as the boat going down, he said, go out, get the actors. And he, sorry if he used a bad language, fuck the actors. Save the get the film. The, so the, the yeah. film was actually underwater in salt water for maybe 30 minutes, but they were able to save, save it. it. Yeah. Uh, and the, the shark comes into the window. I remember it comes through the window of the glass. That's another scene. And the shark makes like a roar. Has a shark of vocal cords. Let it go. Let it go. Oh, come on. So Quint, Quint is in, 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 the, um, in, in the shark's mouth. And it's very graphic, you know. Yeah. There's blood squirting out of uh, Shaw's mouth. Um, goes down. He's gone. He's, he's, he's browners. <laughs> the, the orca is, is sinking. But they throw in one of them gas canisters, all like the, it's like the, the scuba diving, the papa yeah. canisters, yeah. and very famous now scene of the shark coming towards Roy Schneider, and he's going into the water. A man is scared to swim. Yeah, Roy Schneider's up on the uh, the last bits of the crow's top, nest, yeah, the the top crow's of it. Yeah, and he goes, "Smile, you son of a yeah, he and he he blows him up, and then <laughs> so obviously Hooper's under underwater. He's looking up. That's, that's the shark one. I can come <laughs> up now. It's to come up, yeah. And that's really the And they swim back then there on the, on the two years and the two yellow thing. And yeah. they're swimming back. But if you notice, the seagulls everywhere. So they're obviously eating the bits of the shark that's all over the top what, of the water. What does Brody say? I can't remember what he's saying. I used to be afraid of the water. I used to be afraid of the water, that's it. But he came back for Jaws 2. Yeah. Unfortunately. Jaws, ah, Jaws 2 was alright. It's not that bad, right? Really. If you take the... Uh, the logic out of it, right? That the tactic. Who was the, who was the shark? It was just another shark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, got, they, they got progressively worse, right? Let's be honest. But well, Jaws won. So, Michael Caine was famously attached to Jaws the Revenge. I didn't know sharks could have revenge. I didn't know he even thought revenge. Not attached, he was in it. Yeah, he was in it, but he said the best thing, he said, why was he, what, what, what was the best thing to come out of Jaws? Well, what, also, what, what, why did he do it? And he said, when he opened the script, his character is on a beach in Barbados. He said, I'm doing that. And then they paid for his fancy house. Because I've never seen Jaws 4, but I've seen the house that Jaws 4 built. built. That's right. And another famous, not famous, but a bit of fact in regards to Jaws, is that Michael Caine was nominated for an Oscar in whatever year Jaws 4 came out, for Hannah and Her Sisters. And he won the Oscar. And he was unable to attend the Oscars yeah. because he was filming Jaws 4. And so how did he go from this? That to that. Yeah. Yeah. And another Oscar fact, John Williams, who won an Oscar for his score for Jaws was conducting the orchestra at that Academy Award ceremony he'd run out of pit go up and collect his award and run back to so you know famously when John Williams um, played the Jaws score for Spielberg I said yeah give us the real one yeah he laughed yeah, it was just he too loud it was a joke mm. too loud yeah he laughed he thought it was a joke he goes no 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 when you have the whole like the the, the orchestra doing the yeah. yeah, there's screenings with orchestras live doing it. And, I think uh, Michael Caine, uh, we're asking Michael Caine years later about you know making Jaws 4 and making all these sort of, you know, he made some crappy films. He said, I've been in some terrible movies in my time, but I've been in some bad movies, but I've never had a bad review. So as bad as the film is, yeah. Michael Caine has always been good in it. That's his, he goes, yeah. I've never had a bad review, never. Did you see Jaws? I've seen Jaws 3D in the cinema. Yeah. Yeah, I would have seen 3D. In, what was the one up uh, Abbey Street beside Arnott's? That's where I seen it. Was that the Adelphi? That's where I seen it. I remember because in our school in, in secondary, I was in first year, what they used to say to us is uh, if you've done this collection for the Irish Wheelchair Association, if you raise so we much money, exactly you got same. free cinema tickets. Yeah, yeah. yeah and that's where we had to go and see Jaws, Train, yeah. Gremlins, and stuff. So I remember. But the, effects, sorry, the effects were great. Not great. I remember thinking, I was only. 
12 or 11. But I remember thinking, this is a shit film. But at the end of it, the Jaws actually come out of the screen. You know, the Jaws, like what, what, what uh, Hooper has. 10. Yeah, so the Jaws come out. And I remember thinking, whoa, that was a good effect. That's the only thing I remember. I couldn't say anything about I'm the film. I'm going to say 83. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to say 83. Yeah, I'll terrible, have to go check it. Yeah, terrible I movie. I've never watched it again. But it was good effects. So, so that wraps up Jaws. I'm going to go down to the 40 foot now. What are you going to do? I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you should. Sure? It's quite refreshing and there's no danger of you getting attacked by a shark. Do the all still be in their nip down there? Uh, only the really old men and women. I, was, I told you that story, didn't I? I brought the kids down and this old woman in her 80s. Is it okay to say the story in this podcast? No, you're saying it. I'm still going to say it. Um, she had a towel wrapped around her just only a few weeks ago and it was day not quite like today, sunny but a little bit chilly. The waves were quite choppy out the 40 foot. It's far from sharks you would be worried about. Do, do, do. Yeah. And so she was saying, oh, don't, she started pointing and saying, don't take the kids over there, bring them over there. And as she was talking, the towel dropped. And my kids were like, oh, we don't need to see this. And, I, and she kept on talking. She was a pro. She didn't let that stop her. And she a plowed pro. away for a good five minutes she talking. She was a pro, was she? She was a pro. And she kept on talking. And we let, we let her talk and we didn't point out that she dropped her towel. So that's that. That's my little stories. Next week, we're going to do something not com- well it does mention Jaws in the start the tail goes through the clouds and the music is on it what are we going to do we're going to do Airplane classic comedy classic classic comedy introduce us to the the brothers who were the Zucker brothers who start to make them kind of franchise with them them. Like, surely it can't be serious don't call me surely so thanks for listening that was episode 9 uh, Jaws from Let Chrissy Take It as always we want to thank our sponsor this week and we want to thank them really for the help that we got off them this week. So bearaddicts.ie, you can contact them on Facebook. You can see them on uh, Instagram for all your addict needs. Give them a shout. And don't forget to mention Let Christy Take It when you're making your inquiry. We're going to need a bigger addict.